Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. Coming at you with a special edition of the WSN podcast today. Today being Tuesday, February 16th, which also happens to be the start of the boys' basketball playoffs. And that's what our focus is going to be today. Just a moment, we're going to bring on our boys' basketball writer, Mark Miller, to talk about boys' hoops, the upcoming playoffs, give a little uh, pre-breakdown, uh, uh, rather, uh, postseason breakdown of, uh, of boys' basketball, take a look at each division, talk a little bit about some of the changes in the tournament not only the state tournament, but also the uh, you know the regional setup, the divisional setups, the sectionals. Uh, a lot of changes this year to uh, to talk about and and see how things maybe have been impacted already with seating, with games that that are taking place tonight. So excited to get into that with Mark uh, again. This is a special edition of the WSN podcast, and we will have our regular podcast on Wednesday of this week, which will be a sectional girls basketball preview with Norbert Durst and also looking back at regional action from last week, get an update on girls hoops with Norbert. But today it's going to be all about boys hoops. On our WSN podcast week, it's this week, it is time to take a look ahead to the boys basketball tournament, which starts tonight. And to do that, we'll bring in our hall of famer, our boys basketball writer at WSN, Mark Miller. Mark, it's got to feel good to get back to the tournament, to be talking about uh, tournament play after so many months of uncertainty, so many months of being unsure if we were going to get to this point, and obviously after last year's cancellation of the state tournament. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's a different look, of course, with the schools moving from one division to the other and having two locations for the state tournament and having uh, the uh, better-seated team host games throughout the regionals and sectionals, but I think the bottom line is everyone's just uh, – excited and happy that they get a chance to participate in a postseason and that we will have a state tournament this year, unlike last year. Well, let's talk a little bit about the structure this year that that has changed in so many ways. Um, Obviously, the, you know, the the season was changed. So we're starting the playoffs earlier than we ever have. We have the revised divisions this year, um, with some teams not competing. You have the sectionals, as you said, being reseeded. You have the, the sectional games being played at a higher seeded team. Um, you know, a lot of changes this year. Are there any of those that you think may potentially stick around? Obviously, they would have to be voted on and, and discussed and everything else, but any of these changes that you think might might stick around going forward? Well, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of people have asked that, and I, I'm not uh, obviously in quite sure what's going to happen but um you know i think when the season is over here in, in a few weeks the wisconsin uh, interscholastic athletic association and basketball advisory council uh will meet and um uh their recommendations of course uh that's kind of how things get changed they have recommendations that they send on to different levels of the wiaa um and ultimately it ends up um, perhaps being a board decision uh if it's a major change so um, I think it's something that the look at uh, in terms of uh, particularly the divisional placement for schools. Um, I think the, the the idea of evening out the divisions a little bit more than they currently are is something that uh, a good chunk of people are for. Um, whether that means you know we'll have the same number of schools in all five divisions, I don't know. Whether it means uh, you know maybe they take the, all schools with over 600 in enrollment 
and divide them by two and make them divisions one and two. That's a possibility. Um, or it could be possible that they, they go back to the way it was prior to this year, you know, with the with the pandemic. Um, my hunch is that they might possibly opt for that for uh, the 2022 season, um, but also maybe uh, form somewhat of a, a subcommittee or something to, to examine maybe uh, the best way to go about um, putting these teams uh, in sectionals and, and determining, you know, which schools go where and in what divisions. Um, so, um, you know, I know Iowa, for example, really tries to place its larger schools that have very successful teams in different sectionals. So they, they have a better chance of getting the best teams to state. And when you look at the Fox Valley and Madison and Milwaukee, the travel isn't so bad that, that you could uh, avoid having, you know, let's say the top two or three or four or teams in, in one sectional, you could you could move them around. Um, I think anything that we can do to enhance the state tournament, um, not not that that of course is a guarantee that those teams would advance to the state tournament, but anything that we can do to showcase the state tournament uh, and make it uh, uh, an event that that more and more people will want to have interest in, I think is on the table, and I think it's something that uh, that that needs to, to to be pushed forward in the future. One of the uh, interesting parts of all these changes is that it, at least it seems like there are more games on this first Tuesday night than there usually would be, where in the bigger divisions especially, you might only have a, a couple Division One or Division Two games. Um, so it seems like there's more games on this opening Tuesday night, and it seems like there are better games on this opening Tuesday night because the teams are, are smaller groupings. There are five or six team regional groupings instead of eight or, or in the case of some of the divisions uh you know 16 teams in a division it seems like we get some more compelling matchups early on perhaps this year yeah i, I would agree with that i totally agree with that there's some um uh, first of all there's like you mentioned travis there's many more games and particularly at the division one level uh on this opening night than there were in the past and and there's some some very good games um and of course the pandemic has a, a, a little to do with that because um you know some teams have gotten in their full schedule and then other teams are are sitting at you know 10 games or something so um it's it's you know it's it's the playing field this year is so uneven and so uh, uh so different that it's it's um <laughs> you know you really couldn't even write a book about this and and, and come up with these scenarios um you know um so it makes for a, an interesting uh tournament i think um but obviously it's it's uh you know, everyone wants to get back to the way things were in the past and the in, next year where teams are playing their conference, their full conference schedules. And the regular season has a little more uh, meaning to it, a little more rhythm to it. Um, right now, I think uh, this this past year, it was, you know, get as many games in as you can. So teams are playing three, four games a week at, at some times. And then, of course, you know, then they would get shut down or, or a team started really late. So um, all that, you know, made for a hectic and, and uh uneven regular season but you know now now uh you know most of the teams that even started late you know have uh, at least a good handful of games in and have practiced and been together you know for a little bit so we start anew and that's tonight and and like you mentioned it's, it's a much more exciting schedule tonight um throughout the state of wisconsin in all five divisions than it has been in the past and uh, it's because the, the divisions are evened out. There's more games. There's better. There's better games uh, within each division. So um, it's it's an exciting night. You know, when I was doing my predictions uh, yesterday for all the games tonight, you know, you really had a, a 
pause and and, uh, and go back and look and say, okay, you know, let's take a look at how these teams have done of late. Do they play head to head? You know, what are who are common opponents? You know, are any there are there any injuries that we need to be concerned about? And in the past, you just kind of, particularly at the Division One level, uh, and even even all through all five divisions, because you would have the you know, some really uh, uh, lower-seeded teams going up against uh, higher-seeded teams, you'd really have some blowouts. So I think it'll be a good night uh, and uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully all the teams can play. I, I know there's been a few schools that have had to forfeit due to COVID concerns, and that's a shame. Nobody wants to see that happen, and I know we've had the same with the girls. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens tonight. And, um you know, going forward the rest of the week with regional semis on Friday and then, of course, the regional championship games on Saturday. Let's uh, take a little bit of a, a deeper dive into each of these divisions. Uh, and we're talking with Mark Miller, our boys basketball writer at WSN. Um, we'll spend three or four minutes on each division, Mark, and, and make it a little bit of a quick hitter here. But let's start with Division One, where, you know, we it, it's very different this year with no Milwaukee schools, no Madison schools. Uh, with teams, you know, moved up in some instances, um, you know, the Beaver Dams and Cedarbergs and some other teams that, that had moved up, and some really uh, challenging, to say the least, placements for some of these teams in terms of regional groupings and sectional groupings. Uh, what are what are some things that stand out as you look at Division One? Well, the first thing that stands out is the, is the two regionals that have uh, that contain our top five teams. Uh, in Milwaukee, you have Brook East, Brook Central, and Wauwatosa East in the same five-team regional. And, of course, up in the Valley, you got Kimberly and Nina in the same uh, regional. So only only two of those top five teams are going to advance to the sectional level. So that stands out immediately. Um, I mean, obviously, sooner or later, you're going to have to play those games. But to have to play them uh, in the case of Brookfield East and Brookfield Central, they're playing in a regional semifinal. And, and those are two of the better teams in Wisconsin this year. So that stands out. I, I think... Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see how some of the teams from outside the metro areas do. Uh, when you look at a team like River Falls, um, I, you know, having knowing their personnel very well and and, uh, and and the Big Rivers Conference, which they won this year, uh, they come in at 17 and two, and and yet to many people they're probably a bit of an unknown. So it'll, I think it'll be very interesting to see you know how they stack up when they go up against teams from the, the greater uh, Fox Valley and Milwaukee areas. Um, so, you know, you look at that, um, you, you know, you, you certainly look at, at, at the stronger sectionals being sectional two with, with Nina and, and with Kimberly. And then uh, of course the uh, uh, sectional with the two Brookfield schools and Wauwatosa East sectional four, uh, that sectional also contains Franklin, which is 18 and five and Westosa central, which uh, which won the Southern Lakes Conference and is 15 and five. So, uh, it'd be very interesting uh, to to see how things come out. You know, I, I think you could go any number of ways in terms of trying to predict who's going to end up uh, winning the state championship. I I picked Kimberly beating Brook Central uh, on Wisports, Sports, but you know, obviously uh, Kimberly could easily get beat by Nina in the regionals, and and Brookfield Central could easily get beat by Brookfield East or Wauwatosa <laughs> East. Uh, you know, right in that regional. So a um, lot of balance, uh, a lot of up and coming teams, I think, like River Falls and Cedarburg and Wanakee. Um, how are they going to do, you know, uh, in this postseason? 
uh, with some of those teams, particularly Wanakee starting late. You know, when you look at the Big 8 Conference, you know, only a handful of the teams are playing. And most of those teams, other than the two Janesville schools, uh, got a late start. So, you know, can Sun Prairie pull it together all of a sudden in, in, in Middleton and Verona? Uh, you know, can they do that, you know, in such a short window? Um, it's pretty difficult, I think, uh, particularly when they're, the teams they're playing uh, have such a head start on them. You know, it's hard to to pick the balls up in, in January and say, okay, now we're going to compete with a team that's been playing since November. Um, and yet that's the situation they find themselves in. Let's move on to Division Two, where many of the top teams in Division Two ended up getting bumped up to Division One. You think about teams like Kaukauna, um, Milton, uh you know some of the other teams that that you had had mentioned and, and talked about. Um, what are we looking for at this revamped uh, Division Two? The, the teams that are kind of left in Division Two, and, and some of the teams that maybe moved up as well. Right. Um, you know, I think there's uh, even though they lost a lot of really good teams, uh, certainly uh, River Falls being one of them, uh, they still have some really good teams left. Um, there's still some really good Division Two basketball teams in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, even with the evening out of divisions. Um, you look at Pewaukee um, and Wisconsin Lutheran um, having the possibility of meeting for a sectional championship uh, would be their third meeting of the year. And, um, you know, they're very, very good teams. They're very young teams uh, with some of the better younger prospects in, in Wisconsin in terms of uh, potential collegiate ability. Um, and then you look up in the Fox Valley and, and you got teams like Xavier, which won the Bay Conference in, in Notre Dame, which has had a very good year, played a very challenging schedule. Um, and then, but I think, you know, even with those teams, I, I think uh, perhaps Onalaska and Monroe are the two teams that, that people, um, you know, are really interested in um, and, and can go a long way. Onalaska's unbeaten, even though they got off to a, a late start. Um, they have a senior-dominated team. Uh, they have really good size with Gavin McGrath at 6'11 in the post, uh, and Victor Desmond at 6'7 can guard uh, out on the wing and in the and in the post. So um, it, it's uh, again, I think uh, you're going to get four really good teams to advance to the state tournament. We're going to have three really good games uh, at the state tournament because of the uh, the depth and 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 the talent that is there. Uh, at the Division Two level, despite the fact they lost, you know, like you mentioned, Travis, many teams to Division One with the revamped structure. Are there any of those teams that moved up that can can make some noise? The Wisconsin Dells, uh, you know, it seems like it, traditionally some of those smaller Division Two teams have have struggled because a lot of times they're playing in smaller conferences, uh, or you know, even you know, Little Shoot or or Freedom or some of these other teams that are kind of on that border. I mean, how, how tough is it for those smaller teams to make some noise in this revamped Division Two? Well, I think I think they can maybe pull an upset or two, but, you know, can they get all the way? You look at a team like Freedom, for example, which shared the conference title in the Northeastern Conference. Well, they're looking at uh, a potential regional semi with Notre Dame, which has played many Division One schools and beaten some. Um, and then if they get by that game, then then they're looking at a regional final against Ashwaubenon, which is 17 and five. Uh, and if they get by that, the sectional, you know, is loaded. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough, I think, for for those kind of schools to, to get all the way to the state tournament. Not impossible, but but pretty difficult because there's just so many landmines along the way. Um, I think a, a couple D3 schools that maybe have a little better opportunity than then perhaps Freedom and Little Shoot might be Xavier, you know, which was Division Three, but plays 
uh, in the Bay Conference where, where there's some Division I schools and, and, um, and, and perhaps uh, I, I think um, a school like Edgerton, which has played a very uh, challenging non-conference schedule this year, um, I, I think they have an opportunity to, to make some noise, uh, you know, despite the fact they got bumped up. Um, you know, Wisconsin Dells, uh, they have a really good record. Uh, they have a very solid team. Um, but I don't think they've played the schedule that a Xavier or uh, an Edgerton um, or, or even a Freedom or Little Shoot have played. So, you know, it's it's hard to know for sure. That doesn't mean they can't advance, but um, it, it just doesn't give you a lot of to work with in terms of, oh, you know, they really proved that they're they're at the same level as some of these other teams by beating X. They they just didn't get that opportunity this year for because of the pandemic and so forth. So um, I, I would say uh, another team maybe that, that could make some noise uh, in Division Two. a couple other teams, uh, East Troy and Martin Luther, um, although they're in the sectional with, you know, Whitefish Bay and Pewaukee and Wisconsin Lutheran, so that makes it pretty tough. Um, but they're both really good schools that got bumped up uh, as well. Let's take a look at Division Three, where uh... – some of the top teams remained in place. We're seeing St. Catharines, Lake Country Lutheran, St. John's Northwestern. Uh, a really deep field that, that got a, even a little bit deeper with the addition of teams like Darlington uh, coming up. And, um, you know, just a, a, a pretty deep field in Division Three. We're seeing St. Catharines has been ranked number one all year, but Lake Country Lutheran, St. John's right behind them. Are, are we looking at a state champion likely to come from that trio of teams, do you think? I think so. I think so. I mean, uh, I, I think Cameron's got a really good team up north. I, I, I know their players. Uh, I've seen them play. They've been at our camps and tournaments in the summer, um, and, and, and they're really solid. I, I think, you know, uh, no one's going to take them for granted. Um, Wrightstown, you know, stayed in D3. Um, they were one game away from their first state tournament berth last year when, the, when COVID shut things down. Uh, they have another strong team this year. Um, you know, so those schools, and I think Oosburg's another one. You know, they beat Sheboygan Lutheran. They won the, the Big East Conference over there. Uh, really solid team with good overall size and, and uh, well, very well coached. But, you know, can they can they get by uh, teams like St. Cats and and, uh, and potentially um, either Lake Country or St. John's? Um, beating both would be difficult. Now, they you know, they certainly, they certainly could pull an upset and maybe get one of them. But beating both, I think uh, – would be pretty tough. Um, so, you know, St. Cats uh, and, and either St. John's or Lake Country um, will be most likely at the state tournament. So you're looking at potentially having to beat both of them uh, if you're one of the other schools. Uh, that's a pretty tall order. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think Lake Country Lutheran is, is a team that is, is really, really good. Um, and I, I don't know if people really know how good this team is. Um, for example, they beat St. John's twice, and, and they beat them convincingly twice. Um, and they, then they, this last week, they, they hosted uh, Lourdes Academy and, and soundly beat it, a really good Lourdes team. Uh, and, then, and then they beat the Classic 8 Conference champion. They beat Waukesha West on Saturday. Um, Luke Hurdle uh, is their star, and everything kind of revolves around him. Um, I don't mean to say that he's a one-man show by any means because all the other players uh, – are, are very solid in their own right, but Luke just makes it all go. Um, he, you know, whether he's passing or getting double teamed and, and hitting an open teammate or, you know, getting a big rebound, getting to the foul line or, or defending uh, the best player on the other end of the court. 
uh, he, he's a guy I think that is as valuable and as good for his high school team as any other player in the state. Um, and, uh, I think it's, uh, 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 time that people started to notice because, uh, you know, they've proven it. They, they have one loss on the season. And, uh, again, they, they have the non-conference schedule that they put together. Plus the two games with St. John's, uh, have proven that they're, they're definitely a team, uh, you know, to be reckoned with, but you know, they're, they're looking at potentially a, a third matchup with St. John's in the sectional final. And it's always tough to beat a really good team three times. So, you know, could this be the time that, that St. John's gets them? Um, well, you know, quite possible, <laughs> but you know, I think the bottom line, Travis, I think everyone is chasing St. Catharines. They play defense at a level that is unmatched in any division in Wisconsin. Um, and they do that because they're exceptionally well coached by Nick Bennett, and they have tremendous quickness, length, and want to out on the perimeter with Tyrese Hunter, Kamari McGeech, Mayor Barker. Um, they just don't let you breathe, and every dribble is contended. Not every possession, but every dribble. So I think for many teams, they're just not used to seeing that kind of defensive pressure. And, and they win games with their defense. They, they're, they're, they're a good offensive team, and, and they have two Division One players, so they're very talented, but they win the games on the defensive end. They just take teams out of whatever they whatever they normally do and uh, and make it very difficult for them to feel comfortable. Um, so I think St. Katz is, is definitely the team to beat. Let's turn our attention to Division Four, where uh, you know a few teams moved up. Uh, from four to three, but you also had a lot of really good teams from Division Five that moved up to D four in the revised format. Teams like um, uh, Lourdes Academy and Bangor and Blair Taylor. Uh, you know the the depth in Division Four really seemed to to pick up um, in the top teams. In a team like Sheboygan Lutheran, also moved up, but some of the top teams in the most recent polls haven't really finished the year that strong. Cuba City lost a couple games late. Sheboygan Lutheran lost a couple games. Lawrence Academy uh, has five losses now against a very tough schedule. So it seems like a division that, that you know, is is looking to be pretty strong. Division got, got bolstered or, or um, improved with the revamp. I think it was Division 4. Um, like you mentioned, they added Blair Taylor and, and Lourdes and Sheboygan Lutheran. Um, you know, in Bangor, I mean, those are some pretty darn good basketball teams. Um, and then, of course, they, they already had Cuba City and, and, and Prairie and and so forth. They, they did obviously lose some really good teams, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really competitive uh, uh, division. Uh, again, just like Division Two, I think you're going to get four really really good teams to participate in the state tournament. When you look at the four sectionals. And, the teams are, are kind of spread out um, a little bit. Um, unfortunately, we're going to probably not have, uh, well, we will not have either Cuba City or the Prairie School or River Ridge um, or Randolph, uh, the, that sectional, that, I think it's sectional four. Uh, you got four of the best teams in, in Division Four in that same sectional, and, you know, there's not much you can do about that. It's uh, it, it happens in other divisions, too. You just got to go out and play and and, uh, you know, put your best foot forward. But, you know, River Ridge is unbeaten and no one talks about them. Uh, they're a little like uh, a kind of a, a minor version of St. Catharines without the Division One talent in the way that they defend. Um, and, and, you know, then there's a school like Fenimore, which just beat Cuba City, um, that, you know, isn't even, uh, like, I guess most people aren't even really considering them a serious threat to get to state, and yet, and that they very well could be. So, um, 
that division, uh, our sectional four and division four is, is very talented. I think a team too, Travis, that, uh, we haven't talked about that much this year that I think can really make some noise, uh, in the next three weeks is Edgar up from the Merrillwood conference. They won the South division title. Uh, of course that league contains, uh, uh, teams like Stratford and, and Newman Catholic and Auburndale and marathon. Um, so it's a really, really competitive league. They're a senior dominated team. They're a guard dominated team, but they do have some size. They're really good defensively. They're physical. Um, I think that's a team that, that, uh, you know, certainly can make uh, some big noise. Um, this is a wide open division. I, I picked Cuba city to win it. And, you know, part of that was on the belief that Braden Daly would be back playing for them, uh, in the regionals and sectionals. And I, I think that's still the hope, you know, I, I think that they, they, they probably will use the regional games to kind of get, bring him back slowly and, and get him some playing time, get his legs under him a little bit. And then of course, at the sectional level, uh, you know, if the top four seeds advance, that seeding that sectional is going to be <laughs> is going to be damn near impossible. So, because um, there's just going to be four really, really good teams. I, I was exceptionally impressed with the Prairie School on Saturday when I watched them live uh, in their win over Kettle Moraine Lutheran. Um, so, yeah, fun, fun basketball here. Really good teams. A lot of uh, really good coaches. Um, some of our elder statesmen coach, coaches, if you will, with Tom Nysis at River Ridge and certainly Coach Pettigrew, Jerry Pettigrew at, uh, at Cuba City and Randy Storley at Blair Taylor. Um, those guys have been around a long time and, and, and know how to win basketball games. So uh, I think Division Four will be a lot of fun this year. Let's wrap things up in our uh, boys basketball state tournament, uh, state playoffs preview with Division Five, a division that... I don't know if there's any other way to put it than, than it was gutted by the change from uh, from the WIA revising the divisional placements. I, if I recall, it was eight or nine of the top ten teams in our coaches poll at the time were moved up, including I think the top seven or eight. Right. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to get some teams that maybe we wouldn't have even seen. You know, as, as state tournament contenders that are going to be at the state tournament. So what does that leave us in Division Five? Some very good teams, very good basketball, but um, not the ones that we thought were going to be Division Five representatives, perhaps at the start of the year. I agree. I mean, when you looked at it before, I think a team like Sheboygan Lutheran was one that you thought, boy, that they're kind of the team to beat, or, or maybe Lourdes. You know, they were in the same sectional, and now they're in D four, so they're out of five. Um, you know, Blair Taylor was another one, certainly Banger. I mean, a lot of all those schools are now up in four. So um, I think five, the breakdown was maybe around, uh, I have it written down somewhere on my desk here. I think it was like 160 or so and below in terms of enrollment. Um, uh, you might know that figure better than I do, but I, I know it was, you know, it was well under, well under 200. And of course, when we went to five divisions, the, the whole idea was to have schools over 1200 in D1 and schools under or 200 and, and under in division five and with changing demographics and, you know, basketball being a game, I think where you don't have to have huge numbers like you do for football or, or soccer or track or any of the, the numbers games, sports, um, you can still field really good teams in division five. And I, I think even though they lost, uh, you know, like you mentioned, eight of the top 10 ranked teams, there's still some, some schools, uh, in D5 that are very good. And, um, you know, I think if you're a division five school, you're, you're excited about the change, you know, <laughs> I mean, you're thinking, okay, now we really have a chance to advance and, and, 
you know, not that maybe they didn't before, but the, the, the road to state is, is, is more open for them. A school like Houston, for example, which, you know, uh, always bumps into Lourdes in their, in their conference and, and, uh, you know, has a hard time beating Lourdes, but they beat, they beat pretty much everybody else, you know, or Newman Catholic, for example, you know, that plays marathon and Stratford and Edgar and Auburndale twice <laughs> every year. Um, and you know, often loses many of those games. Uh, now all of a sudden, Hey, they don't have to contend with those schools anymore. Um, so when you look at the overall field, I, I think Houstonford uh, with Dylan Keel is, is a team to keep an eye out for. I do think McDonald's central, um, which has been in the division five tournament several times in, in the more recent years, um, is a team to look out for as well. Um, they, I think they were third or fourth, um, in the Clover Belt West, but, um, you know, the, unfortunately not all those schools played the full complete schedule. So, you know, you kind of take conference standings unless it's a complete round robin, you kind of take them for what they're worth this year. Uh, Green Bay New Lutheran's another school that, you know, we've talked about over the years that sometimes takes its lumps in the Packerland playing against division four teams. But come tournament time, they're they're ready to go. Um, I think uh, Peter Gustafson's team over at uh, Monticello, Peter's the star forward on that team. I think they have a chance to advance. And up north, you know, I think you're looking at uh, a team like Turtle Lake, maybe out of out of the uh, sectional one. We haven't talked about that school for quite a while. Um, and and Columbus Catholic is another D D five school that has been you know to the state tournament a couple times in the past. That again could make some noise. So I think those are some of the schools that potentially uh, could advance and that we might be hearing about, you know, once the state tournament gets on our way in a few weeks. Good stuff as always, Mark. What can we look forward to on Wisports.net? Uh, obviously you have division breakdowns out already, but what are we looking forward to over the next couple of weeks in terms of coverage as we uh, head to the home stretch? Uh, actually nothing. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off here and uh, <laughs> go to Florida and get away from the sun, get away from this cold and get some sun. <laughs> hey, I already did no. that. You can't do that. <laughs> More of the same, Travis. You know, we did the regional or the sectional preview kind of uh, uh, last week. Uh, we're picking games this week, and obviously uh, we'll be watching a lot of games tonight and getting the scores up as soon as possible on Wiz Sports and trying to get as many stats in as we can. And we, you know, are really hoping the coaches will help us with that as usual. Um, and then next week, of course, we'll do the sectional previews. Um, you know, take a look at a, a closer look at the teams that have made the sectional and maybe some of the things that might go into the sectional matchups in terms of um, uh, players going up against each other and, and schools that, uh, going up against each other. And then, of course, you know, state tournament uh, preview as well. Um, we also will have our finalists for the Wisconsin Sport Network uh, Senior Awards. Those will be announced uh, next week. So we will pair that list down to the top five in each of the five different positions. And then uh, the week of the state tournament, uh, I believe we, we name the winner in each uh, of those five divisions. Mr. Basketball will be out and we will have that story on WIS Sports. Uh, um, I believe the week of the state tournament, um, as usual, uh, the WBC week, week coaches all state team. I mean, we've got a lot coming up, Travis, uh, all conference teams will be posted as we get them. And, uh, we'll be tweeting about those. So, uh, once we get them in and entered, uh, we'll tweet about them. So fans can look for their all conference teams. Um, so all kinds of stuff going on here in the last few weeks of the season. And then, uh, you know, for you, of course, then right after that, we go to the fall alternate season. So, um, it's exciting to have high school sports in, in this COVID era. Um, it doesn't look like it's been in the past and, uh, it's, you know, a lot of things that we miss bands, uh, fans, uh, student sections. I mean, you can go up and down the line and we miss a lot of it, but at the end of the day, it's nice that these kids get an opportunity to play, show what they can do, represent their school 
and and go out, um, you know, with the opportunity to at least play for a state championship. And, and I think that's what the WI is has strived for, and what the, the athletic directors and administrators at all our schools in Wisconsin have strived for. And uh, very thankful for all of that. Absolutely, and and uh, you know, hopefully, we we don't have too many issues with teams having to get shut down or pull out of the the tournament. Uh, Knock on wood, things have gone relatively well in the girls' tournament. Um, wrestling went pretty well. You know, we're we're hopeful that uh, that that we won't have too many challenges, and, and and especially as we get deeper into the playoffs. You know, if, if teams have to withdraw at the sectional level, or or gosh forbid the uh, the state tournament level, that would be uh, really really unfortunate, especially. But we're heading in the right direction. We're we're uh, we're getting things going, and it looks like it's shaping up to be a, a great tournament. And as we've talked about before, hopefully people are are appreciative of that. People are, you know, uh, happy that we're playing and, and uh, you know, going and, and not spending too much time worrying about what was my seed. I have to drive farther. I, uh, you know, I got I got hosed on the sectional seeding. I why do I have to go here for the state tournament? Hopefully we don't have that and we can just celebrate the game of basketball and, and move forward. Uh, Mark Miller, always uh, great to check in with Boys Hoops. We'll do so again, I'm sure, in the next couple weeks as we hit that uh, that tournament trail. But as of right now, Mark, we're uh, looking forward to getting at it. And, and again, thanks for uh, for your expertise here on the WSN podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to the games, and uh, hopefully the kids all stay healthy, like you said. So that'll do it. Another edition of the WSN podcast in the books. We are excited to get ready for Boys Playoff Basketball starting tonight. Continuing on Friday, regional finals on Saturday, sectionals next week, the state tournament the following week, and of course the girls basketball state playoffs in in, uh, swing as well. Sectionals this Thursday and Saturday. And again, we'll have a sectional preview with Norbert Durst coming up uh, a little bit later this week on Wednesday. And then the girls basketball state tournament next week. And as Mark alluded to, that alternate spring schedule already Starting to uh, to to come into play, swimming and diving already started their practices for that alternate schedule. Uh, football starts March eighth. Uh, soccer, volleyball start very soon as well for that alternate schedule. So it's a busy time, and we are more than excited and more than happy to be busy and to be thinking about a lot of different things right now. Uh, great to get these games in. Great to, great to get a season in, almost to completion. And, and again, we're holding out hope that. Uh, no major impacts the rest of the way. This has been a WSN podcast. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.